This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. Welcome back to another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. I don't even know where that just came from, but it just came out. (laughs) I think Nick just needed a smile. Today, we're we're just going to sing the entire time. (laughs) Play some beats. Uh, So the, uh, the topic is very fitting because we're talking about being in a relationship while also being in business together. And this is a topic that's actually been requested. And I want to just preface with, guys, we don't have it all figured out. We, We definitely do our best and make a consistent effort. And we're not intending this podcast to say, do what we do, but to maybe inspire your own version of it. Uh, so I, I really want to make that clear because I honestly hate when people do, you know, podcasts and webinars and are like, well, do what we do because we're awesome. Uh, that's definitely not the point. The point is, is that there are actually really strategic ways of going about improving communication with your business partner. And this could be your spouse. It doesn't have to be your spouse because a business partner is practically your spouse. <laughs> they call it, what do they call it? Like work wife, work husband. Right, um, but the communication, it applies to your leadership team and your frontline team. So it really comes down to improving communication. And there are ways of doing this that are methodical and strategic. Yeah. Just yell at the other person. <laughs> <laughs> it always works out well. <laughs> Every time, you know, that's just the go-to just get your emotions out, you know, just yell at the other person. Everything's going to work. We're not going to say that doesn't happen, sometimes, <laughs> uh, but we usually try to do that in private. Um, but I will say, you know, lesson number one is, is, is take things a bit more lightly and, and have fun. I think it's like something that sounds so silly, but you have to be a bit playful, especially because business can get really serious. Relationships can be really serious. And well, both are work. You know, people think that we come home from a hard day of work and then we think that the relationship's supposed to be easy breezy. And that's a fantasy. You or know? vice versa. Or, yeah. Or vice versa. It's like, you know, you put all the time in the relationship and you want like work to be easy breezy. But it's like anything worthwhile that's intended to grow takes work. Otherwise, if we're not putting energy into grow something, it's going to do the opposite. It's going to die and decay. So whether that's a relationship at work, whether that's a relationship at home, it's like everything worthwhile takes work. Sounds draining, but it's really, that's where the fun comes in. It's like, it's not so much work when we can make it fun. If it's not fun, then it's work, then it's draining, then we start yelling. (laughs) But I think people live in a fantasy that relationships shouldn't be work. That it should just be, you know, this is my soulmate and everything is easy. And 
you know, that's called a Disney movie. Yeah, they, it, things are not always easy because you are blending two different sets of core values together and you're blending two different belief systems together and you're also blending together two people that have had past programming and past experiences and some of those experiences were good that shaped who they are and some of those experiences are presumed to be you know negative or adversities so you're blending a lot of things together and it's not that it has to be work in a negative way but it's it's being able to take that step back and truly put yourself in the other person's shoes at moments. You know, I was out to dinner with a couple of girlfriends and, you know, of course, we're talking about relationships and family and communication and this and that. And, you know, I called one of my friends out and I was like, I just want you to understand that at this point in time, your husband resents you. And, you know, that could sound really blunt and brutal, but I was like, you're just not seeing it and he's resentful and he's also coming into conversations guarded at this point in time because he knows the expectation he knows the outcome of what's going to happen you're going to say something it's going to be passive aggressive and then it's going to just turn into the blame game of how your needs are not being met so on and so forth and I was like I understand because you both are in places that you're both resentful And this is completely blocking your communication. I was like, but if you were to have a conversation with a girlfriend and walk into it not emotionally charged, you would be able to say, oh, you know, Sally, you're having a hard time with your husband. Okay, you know, what's going on? And you'll be able to see both sides because you're an outsider and you don't have any emotional ties to it. Of course, you might have your friends back. But you're able to see it more clearly and you don't always see clearly when you're in your own relationship where emotions are already heightened. And I think that this is, and Nick can obviously speak to this even more. I'm speaking really just from like a a perception standpoint and Nick is obviously going to come from the human behavior standpoint of why people show up this way. But it's just an interesting thing that I feel like intuitively I've always just said, okay, I'm definitely being triggered in this moment, but let me walk away and put myself in the other person's shoes because this person's not acting a certain way because they, especially with your spouse, they're not acting a certain way because they hate you or they're malicious. They're acting a certain way because they're, they're being triggered by the situation and they don't maybe always have the best coping skills and they don't really know how to buffer the situation. Yeah, it's a, you know, looking at a human behavior and you used a strong word, resent, and we've all been there resenting different things in our life, you know, and it could be, you know, resentment. Resenting your business. Resentment (laughs) in a business, resenting a relationship, you know, it's like everything's great, but then, you know, the dogs become needy and they resent, like, why the fuck do I have a dog right now? It's like (laughs) all these things. And that's where when we our mindset ends, we we attract that. We attract more of that bullshit of that resentment because that's really when we look at and this is gonna be very, very broad, but it's when we see things externally, it's because that's the being who we are in that moment. So it's not so much that, you know, there's this resentment, it's like we are resentful. That is us in that moment. So everything that we see goes through a lens of being resentful so it's very hard to have fun to be joyous to be able to share love 
when that's the lens of reality that we're perceiving things. And that gets out of hand, and then all of a sudden we're having an argument about the fucking dishes in the sink. You know, why do we? Why are the dishes in the sink? It's never about the dishes in the sink. But it's really going to back, and it, a lot of it has to do with expectations, and to be able to look at, you know, what are the expectations we have, um, not only externally on, you know, our relationships. What are the expectations in the relationship with our business? What's the expectations that we have in our uh, personal relationships, but foundationally, it's like, what are the expectations that we have with ourselves? And that's going back to the candid conversation always with within uh, first, because it's always our external, re re I can't talk today, always our external environment, like I was saying before, is the creation of the perception of how we see. So like you said, you know, everything's a perception. Well, that's true. You know, I went through nature and nurture um, with a couple the other day, they were having disagreements on how to um, raise their kids. And really, when you go through, you know, making a long story short, we can, you know, set up the best quality environment to both challenge and support, you know, a child to be able to allow them to grow, to give them necessary means uh, for the best opportunities. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the child's perception of their environment, of what's handed to them. Uh, and based on that perception, they're going to see more benefits or more drawbacks. And really, when it comes to our own life, perception trumps everything. You know, whether we see something uh, to be able to be in the way to serve us or mm -hmm. um, is it on the way? So being able to how we look at things is really the fundamental, most important aspect of our lives. And that's the start of our intention with our communication. So are we open or are we closed off or emotional uh, as we're coming into, you know, whether that's relationship with our business, relationship with our spouse. And if we're already highly emotional going into a scenario, we're going to be reactive uh, because anytime that we're emotional, the reason we are emotional is based on seeing more benefits or more drawbacks. So we have a heightened response you know, it's going to be more positive if we're seeing more benefits. It's going to be more negative if we're seeing more drawbacks. And based on that, we're going to be reactive. Instead of actually going through the forebrain, the prefrontal cor cortex, also known as the executive center, to be able to increase that awareness so that we can actually see the broad spectrum of benefits and drawbacks. Once we can see both sides, we're not actually as reactional. We're not emotional, but we can see something for truly what it is, have a greater understanding, and then from that greater understanding and awareness, be able to make decisions that are not polarized, that are actually more in harmony, more meaningful to us, as well as to the business or to the personal relationship, to be able to allow that to grow and flourish together. And that's really what uh, coming down, it's like, you know, you said it's like being able to set that intention to be grounded, to be able to hear the other person and not just being like in the mind coming up with a, a comeback to be able to shut them down and saying like, you, you stupid piece of shit yeah. and, and like winning the fight. Because anytime that you're you're being reactive in that, it's you're trying to win. And anytime that you're trying to win, that means that the opposite side has to lose. And that's not optimal growth. That's not optimal love. That's pretty much a win-lose relationship, whether that's win-lose in business or win-lose in your at home. Um, both of them is going to hinder your ability to grow. When we come back to a win-win relationship, 
uh, whether that's in business or at home, it's to be able to take the time to be able to see where the other person's processing, how they're processing, have that understanding, and then make sure that the values of the business, the values of you, the values of you, the values of your significant other are all being served, nurtured, and growing together. And that's the major difference uh, between win-lose and win-win. Well, I want to kind of get into some of that, but you know, what you were saying before, I, I think is really significant in the sense that there are a lot of individuals that are stepping into conversations with emotions, but a lot of it is stemming from past experiences. So there's a lot of assumptions that are being made already, or they're working out of patterns with an expectation that someone is going to act a certain way or they are acting maliciously against that person. And this really comes from the fact that a lot of individuals have not been given the tools on how to work through past emotional adversities and past experiences and also to not have or they don't have the ability to understand that those patterns are not necessarily recreating themselves because they look similar or sound similar. So, you know, we have the ego that's protecting us and then we, you know, we tap into that limbic center and we start having that automatic emotional reaction. And I've seen this a million times, you know, with myself, I've seen it with friends and, you know, you just kind of walk away and you go, what was that about? Like, cause that wasn't like, I don't think that really had anything to do with the current conversation. And, you know, I think step one for that is acknowledgement, is is acknowledging when you are having a reaction and you're like, wow, that that was that was my old shit. Like that was, you know, that was my family problems or that was my past relationship problems. And being able to just say, hey, you know, I'm going to be really vulnerable right now. I'm, I'm sorry that I you know, reacted that way. But I, I think I'm actually operating out of my, you know, my old experiences, my old programming. You know, I, I really want to just acknowledge that so that I can change how I react in the future. God, you put so many things I want to work on right there. Um, Don't go too deep because I got other <laughs> stuff to say. Let's just keep moving forward then. <laughs> well, the other thing too is I obviously want people to walk away with like an understanding of what are steps that you can take. Um, you know, in all of the podcasts that we've been doing here on Integrative Entrepreneur is we've talked a lot about core values and we've talked a lot about, it's not just about the core values of your company, what your company stands for, but those core values really come from the core values of the CEO. And if the CEO is, you know, married to someone else in the business, no matter what position they are in, you know, you're really dealing with blended core values. And these core values really shape the culture of the business and the product, the service, you know, the client experience. But it also is how you choose to run a household and run a family. And a lot of people are not overly clear on what are their core values, what what is the most important to them. And the reason why this is so foundational is because this is what shapes your communication. And there was a long period of time that I feel like you and I, we were getting by by not being clear on our values and not being clear on our communication strategies. But I think it's because we were distracted 
and we were distracting ourselves with the business. You know, we were coming home and working on the laptop or, you know, there was always a deadline. There was always something to do. Oh, we have to, you know, worry about, you know, this, that, the other thing with the business. So don't be confused with having harmony in your relationship when really all you have is distractions. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I'm going to probably be all over the place. So maybe reel me back in if I get too far out. But when it comes to distractions, I was having a conversation literally last night with a friend that distractions is almost like uh, an aspect of an addiction because really we're, we're all addicted to distractions to keep us from focusing on what's really going to give us the biggest return on in life. And that return on that investment is an expenditure of energy as well as time. And it, there tends to be a component of pain with it. And when we look at pain, pain comes in many different forms. Uh, I would say foundationally the biggest form of pain that majority of us uh, are connected with is loss. And the form of loss can be presented in many different ways, but it's understanding that anytime that we want to grow, you can't have uh, a building up with, without a breakdown. You can't have a gain without a loss. So anytime that we're wanting something better into our life, we also have to give something up. And the easiest way to pretty much make our way to be safe and in control is to not lose that. And when we're pretty much becoming addicted to whether that's entertainment or whether that's to work or whether that's to, you know, let's clean the house or like whatever we're pretty much putting our energy into to keep us away from actually giving us that big return is because we're running away from loss. And that can be running away from the hard uh, conversation with yourself, hard conversation in business, hard conversation. Don't you think that a lot of this comes back to like fear and those limiting beliefs though as well? Because I think that a common theme that I see is individuals that have this, this sense of like lack of deserving or um, lack of attainment in the sense that they're like, I know that I'm working towards my business becoming successful and profitable. And I know that I'm ideally would love a harmonious marriage or at least to be married to someone that I can have a really great time with, but also be able, you know, to, you know, have this, you know, a, a structured life with. And then I think people just don't feel like that's real or that's attainable or that they deserve it. And there's they distract themselves from focusing on the things that could really get them there because they're like, well, is it a fantasy? And maybe it is a fantasy. So let me just keep distracting myself. Well, I mean, I'd say you're 100% right. And it's maybe I wasn't clear on how I was really trying to explain everything is that, you know, every so you're 100% right in the way that, you know, whether everybody's on we're, we're playing the same game i guess mm -hmm. you could say and we're just all on different levels and each level we have to be able to get to the next level and to be able to get to the next level we have to lose something we have to gain something mm -hmm. so that's each level we're going through that establishment of oh i have to lose another portion of myself in order to be something different to gain yeah. uh, a bigger aspect so whatever that gain is it's really just comes back to self-love you know so it's like you know do i not deserve this do it's like whether that deservement is you know 
a certain amount of money to bring in, whether that do I not deserve this much uh, love from a spouse? Do I not deserve, you know, time to relax and actually have free time? I'm always supposed to be working my ass off. Like we have to break through these patterns to be able to allow us to lose something in order to have something different. Mm -hmm. So we're 100 percent both right. I think, you know, the fear, the false evidence appearing real is, you know, we're using distraction to kind of take over that. But then foundationally, it's we hate to lose things. You know, that's why, you know, crazy enough, I never would have thought, but like the majority of work I do is grief work uh, with people because we're and not just from loss of loved ones. Oh, no, it could be loss of a business, could be loss of a house, could be loss of a car, could be yeah. loss of dogs, could be loss of anything. Um, so all that's all grief is, is uh, an effect of the perception of loss. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, this is a completely different um, podcast, but, you know, you said something about, you know, let me say I'm sorry that I was at a place um, of yada, yada, yada. But it's like once you get down to the foundation of human behavior, there's nothing we should be saying sorry about because yeah. anytime there's a problem and we're a part of that problem, we're also a part of that solution. And the reason I say that is um, I would say two founded is that th- it always takes more than one person to, to have an issue. And there's many, Hell yeah. and there's many different, <laughs> there's many different layers to this. So stop thinking that you're the innocent one. <laughs> oh yeah. There's your, there's no innocence in life. Um, that's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> but it's really coming back to the foundation of, you know, if we're a part of a problem, there's a teacher in that to be able to give us a solution mm-hmm. and we are the solution. It's like we can look at it that, you know, are we the problem or are, are we the solution? And that becomes, you know, are we a growth mindset or are we a fixed mindset? If we're fixed, we stay in the problem, we stay in the shit and it compounds to be able to create enough pain so that we can actually trans um, translate our focus onto becoming more of the solution. So it's being able to realize that, you know, the goal in life is to be able to serve ourselves so that we can actually give more service. And so much we're trying to do the opposite. We're trying to serve others and then through that service trying to serve ourselves. And that's a backward concept. You know, it's like happy wife, happy life. You know, it short term, yeah, but long term, no. Mm-hmm. So it's really about happy life, happy wife. You can't give something that you don't have. And it's a very simple concept, but it's like, yeah, you can you can put the the mask, the air mask, oxygen mask on the kids uh, first in the plane. But if you don't put it on yourself in time, that's it. That's the last help you'll ever give them. So it's really understanding from the foundation is we always have to build ourselves up. And once we can shine our light, we can actually allow others to shine their light. And when it comes into whether that comes into just personal or just business or actually meshing personal with business. Uh, so, you know, every single day we spend every single day together. You know, this is a day off and mm-hmm. we're doing podcasts together, still business. Mm-hmm. So it's about, you know, like you said, making sure that both parties are having fun because if there's not fun, that carries over to, you know, every other aspect of life. You know, how we show up in life is really, we look at it like a flywheel. I forget who the artist was, um, but it's really, we're building up energy. And Louise Hayes always says, the better it gets, the better it gets. The worse it gets, the worse it gets. So it's really understanding that energy flows the direction of uh, where attention is, where attention goes. So it's putting, be able to decipher and where you are putting your attention. And foundationally, that has to be driven 
and grown from our value system. So if we don't have clarity on our values, what are our personal values, the values of the business, the values of your family, the values of your spouse, if you're not clear on what all those different values are and how your highest values serves all the other different values, how your values serves the business, how your values serves your spouse and vice versa, then there's not going to be that fair exchange. And when there's not a fair exchange, guess what? There's resentment. And when there's resentment, we shut down. So it's really going back to be able to say like, okay, we have resentment. Awesome. It's just a feedback mechanism. It's a, it's a teacher. It's a lesson put through our journey for both myself as well as the person on the other side to be able to use it to grow from so we can connect and better start serving ourselves. And that's all it is. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> well, I brought it back with resentment. I know, I know. Full circle. Well, one thing that I, I want to... Makes a square. Like just, you said so many pearls there, but I think the the key thing of what you're saying is... It's not about putting your energy on the other person saying, once you do this, then everything will be better. Once you agree with this, everything will be better. It's about doing the work on yourself and then being able to communicate that work. And, you know, what you're saying with the values, again, you know, for those of you that have not taken the time to do your values, um, this is something that we actually um, offer like a very basic intro course through our Growth Factory program. Obviously, when you work with us uh, through our your the Triple D program, which is the deep dive diagnostic, we dive way, way deeper into the core values. Um, and this is your personal core values, the core values of your business. And we actually even take you through a workshop that allows your business partner and your leadership team to all bring together through a very specific exercise what are the core values, the most important core values for the business. So it's really, really amazing work. The work is continuous because the values can change. But a story that I think is really, really helpful in understanding this is, you know, we've worked with Martini for a really long time at this point. And, you know, there's just some stories that he's told that really stood out to me. And, you know, he has had a lot of uh, individuals that have come to him, unfortunately, in emergency situations. And those emergency situations uh, are, you know, my husband or wife is, you know, about to pack their bags and be out the door. And I don't really know if we're going to be able to bounce back from this, but I really want to work with you to give it a give it a try. And he's literally flown to people's homes and, you know, done the methodology with them in order to see if he can salvage, help them to salvage their marriage. And a lot of it just comes back to this complete disconnect with values. And there was just a very specific situation that um, there there was a couple, they weren't in business together, but I do feel that this is something that we've even dealt with um, as being business partners for Nick and I. But it was, you know, a, a mom who, mom and wife, who had a massive value on the children, massive value on making sure that they had an amazing house, that they had amazing education, they went to the best schools, you know, they had a very eco-friendly environment. And a lot of her values revolved around, you know, making sure that the kids had the best of the best. And there was a lot of criticism that, you know, the husband was not always around and he was, he worked a lot and he didn't always make time to attend certain things for the kids, so on and so forth. Um, when Martini was taking them through this process and he was really showcasing how 
it was the money that was being made through the business, through the husband that was allowing them, the wife, to really have her core values met because then she was able to have the finances in order to fund all of the things that she felt was really important for herself, but also the family values. And really, you know, from the vice versa perspective is that, you know, he was, you know, getting very frustrated because the of the constant judgment that he wasn't around. And, you know, they were really able to showcase like both of the values and how they came together in order to actually create the family environment that they were unfortunately just not seeing and not being grateful for. And it was just such an interesting moment. And it sounds like it almost could be simple. But when you get so blinded by emotions and resentment and and you don't improve your communication strategies, this like these little things just compound, compound, compound and become something so big to the point that you're just like, I'm going to go and move on to, you know, the husband that's going to be home and want to spend more time with the family and the kids, not realizing that there's going to be drawbacks associated with that because maybe there won't be the access to the finances that allow for all of the rest of the values to be fulfilled. Yeah, the human behavior, the grass is always green on the other side, but it's understanding that, you know, going back that there's nothing to be sorry about, that everything is actually perfect in this single moment. And when our awareness can increase, we can make better quality decisions to be able to continually serve ourselves. So it's understanding like as soon as we can increase the awareness to see that, you know, thank God my husband missed this, you know, recital because he was actually better serving himself so he could better serve the family. And at the same time, you know, you were at the recital to, to go through. It was like literally last week um, I was doing Demartini Method. I had a woman that stuff she'd carried around for over 40 years, um, resentment to her father that left the family at a young, young age, but quickly realized, you know, it was really just through the, the very first question, um, pre-framing, that she saw after answering that, that literally everything that he did that she resented really made her to have the strength, have all these um, self-independence, to be able to make a bunch of money on herself, to be, you know, quote-unquote successful, have all these things. And she pretty much just went through, and everything that she resented really was the creation of developing and giving and serving what was most important to her today. So it was very funny that the through the very first question, she goes, oh, wow, this is going to be fun. Uh, because <laughs> she, I mean, it didn't really change... Because really, when, when we do that, when we change our perception, what that's doing is actually changing the the neural firing in our brain. So um, Google this, neuroplasticity. It's a very fun, fun word to understand. But it's really just when we look at neuroplasticity, every single nerve goes through a process of, you know, when we're riding a bike, the brain, the muscles, they're all firing in a specific way to build strength for a certain specific activity. But however, our emotions are very similar to this. So when we have an emotional reaction, that pathway gets fired. And the more we tell that story, the more we come back to it, that pathway gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And the pathway, I actually uh, pretty much, I was gonna make up another word there. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> recruit, um, recruit other neurons close to it to, to make it more efficient. So the brain's always trying not to waste um, any energy. 
what's very interesting is when we go through and we can actually increase our perception, our awareness to having equal amount of benefits as well as drawbacks, what we do is we change and we model how those neuroplasticity works. We change the different connections between the brain so that it's firing not in an imbalanced perspective, but through a harmonious standpoint. And when we do that, we actually rewire, remodel the brain so that once we do it enough, that when we come back and get quote unquote to a specific scenario that would trigger us, we're not triggered anymore because the neural pathway has changed. It's not going back connected to an imbalanced perspective. It's going back and driving a balanced perspective that we pretty much attach to, to gratitude, to gratefulness. So now when she goes back to those memories, because we, we always have the memories, we don't get away from them. But now she's actually can use those memories for gratitude to build on, to understand that it's really was there to serve her. It wasn't on the way as a, a distraction and disservice. 100%. And, you know, obviously, we've talked a lot about values. And, you know, for even in our personal business and our personal relationship, we find that, you know, this is a foundational piece, but there are other layers. And, um, you know, some of the other things that we have embarked upon understanding is neuro-linguistic programming, which is also known as NLP, as well as even just um, the love languages. And these things are all have taught us different things about each other. It's also taught us a lot about our team members because we've actually had our team members do these same exercises. But even from an NLP perspective, uh, this actually helps you to understand how people best receive information. You know, if it's auditory, meaning, you know, talking to them, if it's more visual, showing them, you know, something, some type of diagram or PowerPoint even, um, or if it always has to make sense, uh, that's something called auditory digital. And, or someone who is very tactile and it has to feel a certain way. And you actually pick up on this in their verbiage. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I hear you. Oh, that makes sense. This feels right. Yeah, this feels good. So these are things that if you start paying attention, you might notice it in the verbiage of your spouse or your business partner. And uh, it's very interesting because even for myself, when Nick used to come to me in the mornings and, you know, say, hey, OK, so we're going to do this, this and this and this today. And I would literally be so massively disgruntled and I really didn't understand why. And I was just like, just just stop. Like, I, I can't even I can't hear you. And I, I, I'm not processing what you're saying. And like, I just I just need a moment. And here we go again. <laughs> and it's just interesting. I've actually found that a lot of uh, individuals, when we, we tell this story, they're like, oh, my gosh, that's totally me. And I think it is a common theme in uh, in individuals that are, are leaders in their company because you almost want to take information and process it or, or marinate with it for a little while before being able to create a strategy, a plan, or even responding. So now um, he'll actually either write something down or even send it in an email, and then we'll actually address it at a later time in the day or even a later day. And we also are very strategic about the environment that we have our conversations. Um, we started realizing that when we tried to have conversations, you know, on lunch breaks or different breaks at the office, or even brought these conversations home and had them, you know, before, during, or after dinner, it was not going well. 
And we realized that, you know, our our meetings, if these were meetings about, you know, the business or something creative or strategic or, or visionary, we needed to have a designated time in a designated environment. And we found that being outdoors was actually the most helpful. So if this was a bike ride or a hike or, you know, even skiing, um, us being out of our normal environment in an environment that we thoroughly enjoy um, that allows us to feel more grounded, those were our best conversations. And it's really nothing new. You go back to the Rockefeller habits and they had their morning walks uh, where they would go through and be able to converse. And then you look at that and compound that with just the neurology of why being outdoors, why walking, while moving, while standing up, you know, what that does different when we can actually see uh, nothing's blocking our vision um, so that we can actually create more. It's there's a lot of science that goes into that. So it's not just like this voodoo hippie. I need to yeah. be outdoors and connected and grounded. Um, you know, but that's what just makes us feel good. Like right. when we, you know, some people feel great, you know, doing something like that over, over dinner, over, you know, a nice meal or a cocktail or something like that. But, you know, we just find that we're the most clear, the most inspired when we're in that environment. And you have to figure out what that is for you. Um, but like Dr. Nick said, with the Rockefeller habits, um, this is actually extremely infiltrated in the scaling up methodology and everything that we teach at the Integrative Growth Institute. You know, we are looking at tried and true processes that have built some of the biggest and most successful organizations in the world. And these are habits. These are things that you do on a repeated basis in order to yield success, but also yield happiness because it's very easy to have a primary focus on your business and oh the business is going well but i'm barely surviving in my personal life and my you know my bit or my relationship is on the rocks and my kids are acting crazy and you know um being rebellious so on and so forth so if you're if you're dealing with issues at home it's inevitable that it's going to trickle into your business and vice versa so it's really just a matter of being able to understand that it's all interconnected and how you show up in your personal life and how you show up for your spouse, how you show up for yourself is what's going to allow you to have more success and more clarity in your business. And then that really allows you to have more balance and that then allows you to do more of the things that you enjoy from a personal perspective. Yeah. When beautifully put kind of wrapping this up is you know the goal is there for to be the awareness on the balance because uh, when we have balance we have more flow when we have more flow we can create more uh, there's more of a pull and less of a push and that resistance uh, to hold us back so when we look at that balance it's you know part of it could be the work-life balance um, but really just not not in the way that you know 50 50 or 60 40 not not balance like that, but the balance of the understanding through what you're giving both at work and what you're giving at home and that both parties are equally being fulfilled. But first, primarily the most important that you're being fulfilled on the amount and the quality that you're giving at work as well as home. And sometimes, like we said, you know, going back to the very first and foremost, it's perception. So, you know, you might think that being at home is a waste of your time if you're that, you know, person, male or female, that your biggest aspect is providing. 
So it's like, I'm, I'm here to work to be able to provide you all these opportunities so that you can use that to best serve yourself. But if the perception on the other end is, you don't love me, you don't care, you're never here, then it doesn't matter really what you're doing. The perception is that it's not out of love. So a lot of it comes back to it's not what we do, but how we do it and how we present it. You know, kind of going back to one of our previous podcasts on sales, you know, every single sale needs to be connected to the other person's highest values. And it's not until they can actually see whether it's, you know, through the feel, through the touch, through the sight, through the sound, through smell. Like, it's not till they can sense that and use that to serve themselves is that if they can't, they're going to have resentment. So it's about, you know, taking the time to have the conversation so that both parties can be on the same page and understanding really the reasoning why behind we're doing the things that we're doing. And once we can understand, then we can actually love. 100%. And, you know, the final thing that I want to mention here, because I don't even know how we didn't touch on it so far, is staying in your zone of genius. And this is really important because this can create a lot of turmoil and, you know, for for Nick, I know that, you know, I, I think there was just like a bit of a, a stigma or uh, an idea of what I was supposed to be doing in the business and an idea of what he was supposed to be doing in the business. And I don't know if it was just um, societal influence or even just our own perception and our own programming of how we grew up. But, you know, there was this idea that he was supposed to handle the finances of the business and that I was supposed to handle the operations of the business and the marketing of the business. And when we really got down to being super, super honest with ourselves, he hates doing the fucking finances of the business, like literally hates it. And he was constantly being taken out of his zone of genius. And it was something that was not serving him, but it also wasn't serving the business. And it sure as hell wasn't serving me <laughs> because there were just days that he was, I think, just disappointed in himself uh, to not be the expert in that. And he would not speak for two or three days. What's going on? How are you? Fine, fine. And, you know, it was his own internal struggle that was going on. And it was something that was definitely very draining for him. And when he was able to say, like, I just hate doing this and I, I want to this is the part that I want to contribute. And this is the part that I don't want to contribute. And then we hired externally. We also came across scaling up, which kind of and Greg Crabtree, who brought together, you know, the simplistic aspects so that we can actually interpret what our CFO and accountant was giving us. And this was something that was now became empowering. And it's not something that he was just felt like this massive burden of. And the same thing for myself is like my true talents really falls in the people and the organizational health. And yes, I can do marketing and yes, I can do other things, but it's really better because those were draining to me. The idea of figuring out how this connects to this and clicks to that and how the email funnel gets kicked off. I, like that stuff was mind numbing to me. I love the creative aspect of making something look pretty or, um, you know, creating something that would look nice on social media, but all the rest was not really something that lit me up. And it also was taking me away from my zone of genius. So, you know, we decided, okay, this is something that needs to be delegated out and we need to hire someone that this is something that lights them up. 
And it's really important for you to get really honest with yourself and to create a strategic plan around that. I'm not saying go hire a ton of people tomorrow, but it's being able to, you know, have that list to say, I really, you know, as we grow to this or as we reach these benchmarks, these are the things that I would really love to delegate because this is really distracting me and it's taking me away from my zone of genius, which is draining me, which is now draining my relationship. And that's, you know, the same thing at home. You know, it's like the person that's the caretaker. Oh, at when home. I threatened you about getting a an adult nanny, we call her. <laughs> <laughs> We're not a housekeeper, like an adult nanny. <laughs> I need somebody to take care of me. <laughs> but, but I was like, if I literally am going to run this business and come home and clean the dishes, like I'm going to kill you specifically. <laughs> and that, and that, I mean, those pretty much the exact words that she said. Yes. Um, but it's really understanding that, you know, I was like, okay, so she's emotional. Um, <laughs> but I just walked away and let him marinate on it. And then we circled back. <laughs> and for me, I processed, but I processed in many different ways as, okay. And so if, if this is something that we're going to implement, you know, how much is this going to cost us? And this is, this is what takes the fear out because fear is just You false. mean financially or you mean all aspects? Well, Okay. Once again, <laughs> Helen's very impatient. You know. So, <laughs> unrealistic expectations. So, what is this going to cost us? You know, for her to come home to be emotional, to be drained, to be reactive. You know, what is that costing the family? What is that costing other aspects of our life? What is that like? What is that? So. Then you put that into a dollar amount of, okay, so to be able for us to delegate this, how much is that financially going to cost us? And then being able to put a dollar amount to all of the hindrances, like what is that? If we put a dollar amount to all of that, what is that going to cost us? And if I was able to take that away, all of that stress away, and then put it into being productive, how much would we gain from this? Like what's that value mm -hmm. worth? And then, What's your time worth? And once you can be able to see, you know, Oh my God, I was initially coming from a standpoint of fear that, you know, be able to hire, what'd you call it? An adult nanny? <laughs> like, put my diapers on, woman. <laughs> but uh, be able to see what this is actually going to physically cost us. But at the same time, be able to see by paying this amount, how much are we able to gain in the quality of our life, but also how much are we able to produce more? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, you know, Initially, it was more on that producing, allowing us to produce more. But then as soon as I pretty much like gave the green light, okay, we'll pay for the adult nanny. Um, <laughs> it wasn't about producing at all. I'm like, you can, I'm never going to give back this much quality aspects of my life ever again. Like I, it's, it kind of just it showed me, usually you have, you set standards and then you set boundaries it was really Dr. Nicole doing that and me going along. But as soon as I had that boundary in place, I was able to realize how much more I was able to serve myself, which is really just self-love and the quality of your life increased. And then that really was able to say, I was like, oh my God, like the more I can delegate, the more specific and just put energy on that zone of excellence, the more. But also put the energy into your core values. Like I, I'm even thinking about this current moment right now. So we have someone who will be here today to kind of take care of some of the at-home tasks. And we're able to do these podcasts. And one of my primary core values is impact. 
And also one of your primary core values is understanding. And maybe the podcast is not understanding, but you have the ability to go read or do something that allows you to learn and understand today. Every time I spend time with you forces me to understand life more. (laughs) I'll take that as a compliment, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Pain pleasure. (laughs) But no, I think it just really just brings it all together to just understand that you know, when you have someone, you know, in that work relationship or in that family relationship, and they are coming to you with that type of request, you know, we always coach around how to present the information properly. So the other person is hearing you and not automatically shutting down because of, you know, a false perception. But also, you know, for you on the other end is truly understanding where some some type of request is coming from. Hey, I really think we should hire someone, you know, we should hire an executive assistant. Hey, I really think that we need a cleaning person. You know, that individual is not asking for that for no good reason or because they're frivolous or because they're lazy. They're asking for that because they feel that their time is more valuable. And it's just a matter of probing better questions. Okay, so if you know, if we have this in place, you know, what is going going to change about your schedule? What do you plan to be able to leverage with that time, so on and so forth? So you truly understand where the request is coming from. And, you know, these are, are things that I even sometimes have conversations with, with our HR and operations department. And, you know, I was like, hire the front desk person for integrated wellness group. And I was like, you know, and she's like, oh, well, you know, payrolls is such a good place. And I just, you know, feel like that's been a big struggle is to get it where we want it to be. And and then I was like, OK, so let's let's lay these things out. And we just went and we were super data driven. And I was like one of the individuals that's continuously getting stuck at the front desk. These are her top talents. And here's the things that she could be doing. And here's the things that she could move forward and the this is the financial outcome if she was able to spend the time to move these things forward. So the amount that we're paying this other person to take over some of her specific duties, does this make sense? Do you feel that this is worth it? And they're like, oh, yes. So what you said there is very beautiful in the aspect of that was a business, but the exact same process can happen at home. 100%. And it's really about saying, okay, so we all make decisions based on seeing more benefits than drawbacks. So it's like, let's not hire somebody because through the awareness that we have, that's going to create more drawbacks and benefits because it's going to be more of a stress load on payroll. But as soon as we actually gain more information, and in that you know instance, it was being able to show that you know increasing payroll is actually going to increase revenue, increase flow, increase ease, um, less pain points, less chaos. So as soon as you can increase awareness, then you can come back and be like, okay, does this make sense or does it not make sense? Yeah. And this is something that needs to happen at home as well as be able to go through and say, okay, this is your thought process based on the information you have. Everybody's always trying to help out. And that's where, you know, nobody's really designed to attack us. And it's, but they're coming based off of information they have. You have different information. Everybody has a different lens of how we perceive world as how we perceive, you know, what actions, what decisions we should be taking. So it's about going through a process to be able to gather, okay, how are you seeing things? This is how I'm seeing things. Let's mesh that together and, you know, come up with a solution that's going to serve best of us, serve the business, serve the family. This is something that we put a lot of strategy into meetings in the business, but really the same strategy needs to go in at home. And this is a strategy that honestly... 
so many times parents are having these candid conversations, having these quote unquote arguments, um, arguments in any other bad or good. It's how we use the argument away from kids. And this is just a little input is we need to be having these discussions in front of children because one of the biggest because uh, prob- they know <laughs> well a they know but also it's like they'll feel kids can we we all feel kids can feel uh they know when the energy's not good energy and so many times they don't have a prefrontal cortex they don't have that executive center of the brain well, they have it but it's not developed <laughs> correct so a lot of times they'll think that it's something that they did Mm-hmm. And 100%. they'll go hide into the room and they'll hold on to this and they'll think that mom and dad are fighting because of something they did. You know, it's but soon as we can actually go through the process and it's a learning process for everybody. And as soon as we can go through the process of being able to lay out and saying, OK, this is how I see things. This is how I see things. Um, clearly, we see things differently. But how can we mesh both of these together to be able to, to help the family as well as each one of us individually? And once we can go through that process, we're doing we're doing that because we love the other person enough to be able to support as well as challenge them. And as soon as we can come up with a decision that's going to serve the whole family, that is such a teaching process for kids to know that, yeah, we're going to have challenges. We're going to have shit come up in life. Not everything's quote unquote presumably fair but we can take the time to go through to be able to figure out how to best serve the family and best serve ourselves and that's something that so many kids don't have the tools today is to be able to understand pain be points, resilient challenges and to be able to be resilient and adaptable yeah a hundred percent and it's just inviting you know your your family to have transparent and vulnerable conversations like this is something we implement on a daily basis in our business and we're mining for conflict you know you know when someone rolls their eyes or someone makes a face and being able to be like hey what's coming up for you because it might be confusion it might be lack of clarity um, or, you know, it, it might be some type of distress and it's probably easily fixable. And, you know, running your household is very much like running a business. It's just unfortunately, most people don't have those types of tools. And, you know, being able to improve communication in the household and, and allow kids to have a voice. And it's not just, you know, we're the grownups and do what we say. It creates you know, so much more trust and it really allows for for kids to not be those crazy, you know, rebels once they get older and uh, knowing, you know, we all did it, you knowing that there's drugs out there, knowing there's alcohol out there, knowing that, you know, kids are being exposed to this stuff and, you know, God knows they're probably being exposed to way more things than I even realized just because the world is a weird place right now. Um, but them having the ability to come home and and discuss it and ask the questions and get you know good feedback and not get feedback from the internet or their friends who are not necessarily in the best home environment. So, I know this is one of our longest podcasts, but obviously this is a pretty loaded topic and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things to be considered when you're trying to really create a balance in your work and personal relationship. And obviously this translates into, you know, your family life and it translates into the success of your company. And these are things that we coach very closely at IGI uh, because it's necessary. You know, a lot of individuals, we take them through the deep dive diagnostic and, you know, they are like, oh, business is amazing. Everything's going well. And then, 
you know, and another breath is a lot of things are falling apart at home. Uh, and then it's, there's a lot of individuals that are like, business was going well. And, you know, then I got a divorce and then business isn't going well. And it's because there's so much that's going on with the, with the CEO that they don't know how to work through the terrain. So we're always making sure to consider that because it's not just about having a successful business, but it's also about having a life that you really love and to not be in a toxic relationship with your business and truly have a business that serves you. Boom. (laughs) All right, guys. So we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed. Please share this with friends, family, loved ones. Um, It's a really, really important topic and we hope this gives them clarity. All right. We'll see you soon. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you.